Well, it took 14 weeks, five days, and about 13 hours. But we finally, finally have a postponement in the NFL. Three of them, to be exact. And one of them is going to get a lot of talking here around the area. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Critical Eye Podcast. Isaac Petcast, Joe Ledneski, Joe Von Johnson. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock here in Erie, Pennsylvania. And boy, gents, do we have a lot to talk about? You know, we did the podcast yesterday. We were talking a lot about the deficiencies of the teams, Bills, Browns, and Steelers, the problems that they have, the issues that they're going to have to fix if they want to make the postseason. But I've got a bigger issue today as we start this show. You know, I went to bed last night looking at a Baker Mayfield tweet. This was after the Cleveland Browns were going to add more players to their COVID list of which they now have a total of 24 players on that list. And I heard Baker Mayfield through Twitter say, this is ridiculous. Why aren't we postponing the game? Why can't we move it? This is completely crap for the teams that have done nothing wrong. Hold on a minute. Be careful what you wish for Baker Mayfield. So the Cleveland Browns get their wish. They now will play the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday at 5 o'clock, the game being moved from Saturday. But, guys, let me just put this into your minds. The Browns are now going to have to play on Monday, and there's no guarantee they get any, if some, of the players back that are on the COVID list. Oh, by the way, your next game after that is on Saturday. Merry Christmas, you get to go to Lambeau and play the Packers. Well, surely you can win your last two after that and still be a nine-win team to make the playoffs, right? Oh, oh, wait, you have to go to Pittsburgh the week after that. In Pittsburgh, Big Ben's final home game potentially as a Pittsburgh Steeler. So all the Browns fans today that are happy about getting their wish and happy that they might get a few players back and have about a 5% greater chance to win the game, let me caution you because – Regardless of what your stance is with COVID, regardless of what your stance is with the vaccine and the cases and the NFL postponing games, this team needed a break. They did not get one, in my opinion. Instead, they're in trouble. Be careful what you wish for. Gentlemen, I'm leaving the floor to you. Your thoughts on this postponement for the Browns and Raiders. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of any of it. You know, what, what percentage of the players are vaccinated? Now you're, they're already changing protocols. Uh, it's a tough, it's a tough world. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess my question would be, and it's not, it's not anti this or political that. It's just a legitimate question. If you know that many Browns had tested positive because they were tested, you know, Baker Mayfield, I thought made it pretty clear that he had no symptoms. Uh, I can't help but wonder, Joe, on how many of us regular folk are just out there walking around um, being positive and not knowing it. I think that's the the question that a lot of people have is that, you know, all these guys that are testing positive, I mean, are they ill? If not, the only reason they're being tested is because through the the league's mandate and protocols, um, I just wonder if we randomly tested, say, you know, 7 million people off the street in America, what the positivity rate might be. Yeah, I mean, to Joe's point, it, I, I could have swore last night uh, I read something from Miles Garrett that said 
um, something along the lines of if we had tested everybody before they got in the building, then maybe we wouldn't be dealing with this. So to Baker's point of team that did everything right, for some reason, I'm not buying that. I think there's some some issues surrounding that, because when Miles Garrett comes out and says, well, maybe if we tested everybody before they came through the doors at the facility, then we wouldn't be dealing with this issue. So there's there's some disconnect for me there because there's two, two players saying two totally different things, two total opposite ends of the spectrum. So who's to say that uh, they actually tested people and did things the right way? I'm not really sure that the Browns actually did things the right way. But as far as the COVID protocols and, and now that the league is, you know, adjusting and trying to make ends meet and moving games and things that, um, you know, usually don't happen in sports. Uh, when you commit to something, you, you usually stick to it. But um, if they're going to give the Browns a pass and say, you know what, we're going to move the game from Saturday to Monday, uh, more power to them. I guess it gives them two extra days to get a few guys back because having 24 guys in COVID protocol is, is definitely dismantling of a team. Now, the Browns game wasn't the only game that was pushed back due to COVID-19. The Rams, Seahawks, and Washington Eagles were pushed to Tuesday because of COVID issues in two of the locker rooms then. But, but guys, I want to propose this to you, and this is what frustrates the heck out of me. We talked about yesterday how this COVID case debacle for Cleveland could put them in a bad spot. Are we forgetting that they have an opponent? I mean, with all three of these games, with the Raiders and the Seahawks, and the Washington football, or rather the Philadelphia Eagles, the three teams that aren't liable for all these COVID cases right now. Can, can somebody explain to me how this is an advantage for the other teams here that don't have any COVID cases? I understand that we're trying to make things safe and we're trying to make sure that everybody is, is able to play safely and without any COVID cases. But at some point, we need to start thinking about the other teams that are in this. You look at the three teams that don't have the cases. I mentioned them, the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Eagles, all three of them battling for a wild card spot in the AFC and the NFC. And my problem is this. If the shoe is on the other foot, if the Browns are the team that's dealing with with an opponent with a lot of COVID cases. Do you think that do you think the saying is different from Cleveland? I just think there's such, it's just such an issue because things are just so polarized. And I just think right now, if you look at the way that this is going, the other three teams are penalized too in this. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I think that's the thing that, you know, I saw that Mark Davis had already come out and said, um, I just, I mean, I guess I, I don't, what that, what here's the, I mean, this is the problem, right? And this is where I think that you get such animosity and it, and especially in the NFL that is, you know, fringes on being woke at its convenience, right? Where you try to have a rational conversation, but the lines drawn in the sand, you know, might as well be shirts and skins with, with Democrats and Republicans. And if, if somebody asks a logical, common sense question that goes against the the grain, you're just destroyed as, you know, this you hate America, you hate this, you hate that. I mean, you, you think about it, you go back to the and I'm not I'm not saying having issue with either, but, you know, just get vaccinated, wear a mask and stay six feet apart. Well, do you have to do all three or is one good? Do I need to wear a mask from six feet or do I mean, like, there was never no clarity, but. There was always this line 
that felt like it was drawn in the sand. And that, you know, if, if you got, if you spoke out of turn, you know, you, you know, you, you hated America, you wanted old people to die. Like, I just don't, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, now we've got this new variant. Well, the, like from what I saw, and I don't know anything about anything. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about 85% of the time. And you can't get any clear cut information. But I, I read an article earlier today where the Omicron variant, the, the hospitalization rate in South Africa is now under 7%. Well, I mean, what like what are we doing here? We cannot run and hide when, you know, at the beginning, what are we going to do to take the same steps that we took that from the beginning haven't worked? We're going to do them. We're going to try them all again. I mean, what are we going to do? Take 15 days to flatten the curve. And that's not that's not being anti anything. That's just asking a common sense question. I mean, you keep taking your money to the same financial advisor, Joe Vaughn, that keeps losing your money. No. Jovan, I got a I got a question for you here on on the basis of football, and you can respond to Joe's point here. But but I want to ask you as a former player and as a former athlete who was on that internal clock for a week to week game. We saw last year this happen to a bunch of teams, but specifically, I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We saw this team have to wait six days past their normal game time to play the Baltimore Ravens. They ended up playing three games to Pittsburgh in 11 days. And we saw how that worked out. Baltimore was their last win until week number 16. And the Steelers were never the same after that victory against the Ravens in a game that was played just after Thanksgiving. It seemed as if Pittsburgh could never recover from that time difference from that elongated schedule and then having to play a bunch of games at once. When you look at the six teams that are part of this, specifically the three teams that don't have the COVID cases, Jovan, does this, does, is this a potential season derailer? Because I feel like the internal clock for players, I mean, you're the Raiders. You were jumping on a plane tonight and playing tomorrow. Now you got to wait. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely takes a toll on your body, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, because you, expect to go out and perform and you have X number of days to get ready for that task at hand. But at the end of the day, you know, those postponements and pushbacks uh, just makes things a lot easier for the team that has the cases going uh, in their favor, because now the Raiders who were prepared to play tomorrow have to wait extra days. And, and, you know, you know now they don't know who they're going to play against in regards to who's going to come back off of COVID. And then also, you know, those extra days and the days that you have going forward, you know, it kind of puts you in the bind because now you have to be prepared to play multiple games in a week, which is another demanding task on the body physically and mentally like that. That is not an easy task to complete, uh, especially going with the Steelers last year and them having to play three games in 11 days. That's a demanding task on the body. You can't really ask an athlete to go out and play three competitive football games in a less than a two week period. That is, that is way too tasking on the body. And I, and I think too, Jovan, to your point, we, we heard this, we saw this last year again. And I, I talk about with Pittsburgh, th this is why when, when I see the Baker Mayfield tweet and I see the miles Garrett talking about the COVID testing specifically though, Baker and lots of Browns fans about you can't play the game when we have this many people out guys, be careful what you wish for. You look at the rest of the schedule for Cleveland. Like I said, you, you're going to have Las Vegas on Monday. That's not a piece of cake. The Raiders are a very good road football team. 
Hence back to their win against Dallas on Thanksgiving when they completely obliterated the Cowboys. Rest of the schedule for the Browns, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. It's not a cakewalk. I, I just I just don't, I, for all the Browns fans out there who are saying this is great, I don't necessarily know if you would beat the Raiders with a healthy team. So, so spare me the whole, we need to postpone this game. As a person who watched the Steelers derail, that's, it's a word of caution because I just don't know how this team is going to be able to recover from a grueling five o'clock Monday game to get on on a plane to go to Lambeau on Saturday on Christmas Day to play the Packers to then going to Heinz Field to face the Steelers. And then, oh, by the way, that Steelers game is not an easy piece of cake. Want to know why? It's a Monday night game. So then you have a short week to play the Bengals. It just doesn't bode well for Cleveland, in my opinion. I don't, I mean, again, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and this literally, this feels like the the topic about the, the kid that's opting out of the bowl game here. Like, you know, who gets to be the most bad when nobody's, you know, really wrong. Right. Like, I don't want, I, you know, obviously the, the show must go on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's, and I think that's the bigger issue. Um, you know, and we, we are in this quandary where, you know, everybody wants a restart, but yet, you know, a pause, what's a pause going to do? I mean, we've seen that. I think now we're, we're starting to see more and more that, you know, the spread is seasonal. That's why things are calmer in the summer. And, you know, the winter has been, you know, more traumatic. But if I'm not mistaken, you know, more people have died this year with more people vaccinated than died last year without people being vaccinated. But again, that's I just want answers. I, I don't want an argument. I don't want to have to pick sides. I just want a solution. I think across the board, I think, well, I shouldn't say that there's a, a small part of our population that loves this. Um, I think across the board, we just want this to get back to normal and we want to have our football. And, you know, from the Browns perspective, you think this is great. I get it. Well, the Raiders perspective, they think this sucks. Again, I get it. It's just like the kid opting out for the bowl. I know why the kids do it. I know why the fan base is doing it. I know why the sponsors are angry. I mean, I think I think in, in an instance like this, you know, everybody gets to be kind of right. Um, but the problem is, is that I, I think that the the regurgitated solutions um, in terms of protocols and the mask mandates and all these things, which I think now are, are, you know, people have a lot of questions over, you know, do they work? You know, we were told just to get vaccinated, you get vaccinated, you got nothing to worry about. Well, then now you need a booster, you got nothing to be worried about. But, you know, even with the booster, I think we got something to be worried about, worried about which isn't really what I signed up for. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. Wow, you know, great. Yeah, Jovan. That, that's a great illustration of what we're dealing with right now, Joe. I can't, I can't even say anything other than you are 100 percent dead on hit the nail on the head with that one like we, they told us to get vaccinated we get vaccinated we still have issues they told us get the booster shot you get the booster shot you still have issues they tell you to wear a mask stay six feet apart we do that we still have issues so i mean where does do you draw the line in the sand and, and give people the answers that they're looking for because nothing seems to be working nowadays and not to mention for the NFL's perspective, you're in week 15. This is not week four. This is not week seven. This is not week one. You are in the critical prime time of the season. These teams have four games left to go. So it's not like we're in week number three and you can postpone a game till week number 12. This is clutch time right now. And so the question is, will there be more games postponed? I don't know, but it becomes a domino effect in the NFL when even one game gets postponed. Now we're seeing three and who knows? There is still Saturday. It's very possible that there could be some teams that have COVID outbreaks and more games get postponed. 
who knows? But at this juncture and this point in time, it's going to be trouble for Cleveland. And we're going to make our game picks a little bit later in the podcast, but I'm telling you what, I don't see, I'm going to list off all the players that have COVID right now for the Browns. Unless all these guys come back, they're going to be in trouble. Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Jedrick Willis, Wyatt Teller, Jadavian Clowney, Tack McKinley, uh, Malik McDowell, Anthony Walker, Jacob Phillips, Mac Wilson, Troy Hill, AJ Green, cornerback, John Johnson, Rodney Harris in the safety, Grant Delpit, Jamie Gillian, the punter, and four from the practice squad. You can't tell me that even five or six of those coming back increases the Browns chance of winning. And I think that's going to be a problem. Okay. We're going to make our picks on the Browns in a little bit, but I want to shift to this guys, because you talk about one team that's licking their chops this weekend. When they hear this news, if I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan and to some extent, I am begrudgingly, I'm looking at this weekend and I'm looking at these COVID postponements and I'm thinking to myself, this is a break. Browns and Raiders are in a wild card spot ahead of us. They're going to beat each other up. One of those teams going to lose. You look at the rest of the AFC playoff race, the Indianapolis Colts who are ahead of us, who do they get to play? Oh, new England. That's not an easy matchup. And that game is on a Saturday. How about the Buffalo bills? Oh, the Carolina Panthers who are up and down, but they have a stout defense and Buffalo doesn't run the football. Then I look at Cincinnati and I see that they're playing Denver, two teams that are ahead of us. Is it, is it out of this world guys to say that the Steelers could actually be in a better position than the Browns by the end of this weekend? Ah, uh... I mean, sure, in theory, I mean, I could hit the lottery tonight and be in a better position than I am. But, but re- realistically, I mean, is it is it possible? Uh, I, well, I don't know, because let me, let me just look at it this way. So are they in a position where they could be in a better place? Yes, that, that is absolutely unequivocally true. But – what has changed with the steel? I mean, I, I really believe this, and I don't think Jovan's going to disagree with me. That the vast majority of the the issues with the Pittsburgh Steelers are self inflicted, right? And you know, would would they be in the spot that they're in? You know, had they taken care of business in the first quarter of how many games? Would they be in the spot that they were in if you know you know Pat Fryer was able to hang on to the? I, I just don't know. I don't know if the issues that are holding them back are correctable. Like that defense, the defense get you know, magically better. I just, I think there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of questions there that I'm not hundred percent certain anything else has, you know, anybody to do with. I mean, I don't know if the outcome of the Raiders Browns games really matters to the Steelers. Cause I think, you know, I had a buddy that, you know, we always said every time you point that finger at me, there's three fingers pointing back at you. And I, you know, I think that the Steelers have some inner demons that, you know, they need to be more concerned with than what's going on around them. And, you know, I wonder about, you know, where they are in their locker room and, you know, have they nailed it in? Like, I, I don't know. Are you going to rally around the, the quarterback that said, well, that's not really my job? You know, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a good question, but but I'll, I'll tell you what, and this is just my observation the last time I was at Heinz Field. Uh, there was a energy around the crowd that I hadn't heard in quite some time. And I was up in the box. Listen, Heinz Field was desolate up until 335 for the Steelers-Ravens game. But when Roethlisberger took the field, it was a different kind of energy. You saw his hand raised in the air. You saw that the team actually rally around him. 
the guy's thrown 15 touchdowns, three picks in his last five games. I mean, it's not out of this world, out of this question that, that he can't be good. But, but guys, I'm looking for Pittsburgh. You talk about an X factor for the Tennessee game. Jovan, how much does Joe Hayden, if he can come back, he's listed as questionable. He was on the practice field today. How much does Joe Hayden push the needle if he's able to play on Sunday? I mean, I don't know if Joe Hayden is going to be the, the end-all, tell-all story that is going to help them go out there and win. I think Joe Hayden gives them a better chance, but I don't think he is the, is the, I don't think he's the, uh, the, the answer to, to get them over the top. Are we at the point now, guys, and I'm just I'm curious because we've seen the stats on Ben. Are we at the point now where we're not going like we're, we're done blaming Ben? I mean, obviously, he deserves some of it, but I just feel like for the Steelers coming into this game, this is a huge opportunity for their defense to step up number one, obviously. But I think I'm sensing that we're seeing a turning of the tide with this team and it's and it's kind of concerning because Mike Tomlin is a defensive head coach but are we starting to see that this team is taking on a new identity late in the season I that's just the way that I'm looking at it well yeah if coming from behind counts as an identity yeah they've embraced that uh you know full full on I you know you know obviously Joe Hayden's gonna help but you know that line that line still has a lot of injuries uh you know they've had They've had some tough break, you know. They've had some tough calls, you know. I think, I think the one that, I think the one that might have been the the play of the year was that foul on Minka Fitzpatrick that was a clean hit that resulted in a touchdown. Uh, two plays later, that would have got him off the field. That would have been a field goal try. I think that one stands out. You know, even when they do something right, it's 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 wrong. It's not good enough. Um, I, I don't know. Like the the thing is. And this is what you got to ask yourself from the Steelers fans perspective. You know, obviously you want to be a playoff team, but are you really a playoff team? I mean, did you watch that game last night? I mean, do you think that the Steelers belong in the same field? That was the best game of the year. That, that probably was the best game of the year. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you know, the, so the Steelers get to the playoffs, big deal. You're the skinniest kid at fat camp. What are you proving? Does, does getting to the playoffs now make you better next year? I don't think so. Well, I don't think so either. But but I but I think the issue with Pittsburgh is, do you almost need to make the playoffs to stay relevant? I mean, this is an organization on the brink of potential peril. Who knows what Mike Tomlin's future is in Pittsburgh? You know, Ben's not going to come back. There's rumors that Kenny Pickett is going to be the Steelers' first-round draft pick, which I'm not so sure about. I mean, it almost seems to me, like, and I know that there are teams out there, franchises out there, where you can say it's not a good thing to make the playoffs, right? Because then you believe that there is false optimism or false hope. I think we can all agree the Steelers organization at any point is three to four, two to three years away from getting to the playoffs. But I, I almost wonder if this is a, a year for Pittsburgh where, listen, if they don't make the playoffs, they are going to blow things up. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not. But I, I mean, at what point, at what point do you say we have to blow it up? That's, that's the question that I have. Yeah. I mean, you, I think right now where they are as an organization, they're, they're in the, in the process of having to find out who's, who's going to be who going forward. Um, they don't know whether or not they're going to keep everybody around that they're paying big dollars to, you know, I, I, I blame Juju Smith-Schuster for not going and chasing after his contract when he had the chance. Now he doesn't have the he doesn't have the same 
uh, leverage to be able to go get a, a bigger contract than what he currently has with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now it's going to be where do my where do my future go uh, for some of these guys? Some of these guys are getting paid big bucks, but they're not they're under uh, underperforming. So they're not really going to have the opportunity to go elsewhere and make a lot of money. It's just a matter of the Steelers figuring out that their quarterback situation needs to change and that they need to start planning for the future and give the two young guys that they have behind Ben Roethlisberger a shot to see if you're going to keep either of those two guys around. Cause you're right now you're hanging on to Ben's legacy. Everybody knows he's going to be a hall of famer, et cetera, et cetera, when it's all said and done. But right now I think you start to blow things up and you start to plan for the future because you're not going in the right direction as it is, as it stands right now. And we know and- the Steelers. Yeah, Joe. No, I'm just, I think that's it. I mean, we're, you know, again, I don't know if, you know, get, you know, getting to the playoffs is, is, is one thing, but being a playoff team is a totally different thing. The Steelers very well may make the playoffs, but they're not a playoff team. No. And I think we are all in agreement of that. And again, Pittsburgh, if they want a chance, boy, do they have to win on Sunday and boy, is it going to be huge if they can somehow pull it off um guys let's shift to this we'll make our picks after we talk about this but we have to talk about the other team in question here you know i listen to a good amount of podcasts and radio shows during the day that aren't in our viewing area and and aren't close to erie pennsylvania and there were a couple of them that i listened to yesterday that had a couple of really good points and they had a a fairly good idea of the local teams as it it pertains to us you know we look at the three franchises locally here and I found that this year losing franchises have a painful time winning. You look at this year with Cleveland, even last year, a team that wasn't supposed to get as far as they should have. They beat Pittsburgh, but even that was a painful game with five turnovers. And then they go to Kansas city and the hurt of that team. You can't get it done with Patrick Mahomes out for half the game. Now look at this year, seven and six, COVID all over, drama on and off the field with Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield. Even in a successful year, the pain's there. The fans feel it. And I guarantee you people in Cleveland right now aren't singing the praises of the Browns. But I look specifically at the Buffalo Bills. What has this organization been predicated on from the time they were instituted to now? Four straight Super Bowl losses. Can't get it out of your head. Can't get it over any Bills fan. Any Bills fan that was born in the 1970s on will tell you that's their legacy. That's what we're predicated on. It's an organization that has had some great runs, but never made the top. It's been painful. Last year, all the way to the AFC title game, and then you're facing a banged up Patrick Mahomes at a place that you know you can win, and they get obliterated and they give up 38 points. And now this year, why, guys, does it have to be so painful for Buffalo, even in the successful times at 7-6, and 0-5 oh in close games? Is, does history have a part to play with the Bills' failures in the last few weeks and their 7-6 and six record? Because there's a part of me that has to believe that guys like Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, who have had great coaches and quarterbacks preceding them, have to think of some of the history of Buffalo and to say, man, what happened to them in the 80s and the 90s is happening to us again. What say you? It, it seems painful to me that 
even winning, even in good years, it's tough to see these teams play, including specifically Buffalo. Well, I've I've always said this about, you know, a team like the Steelers, but I, I, I'm referring to the Feral Steelers. I look at the Feral Steelers or say like Aliquippa. Do they always have the best players? No. Do they have good players? Yes. But they're, I mean, indoctrinated, quite frankly. I mean, literally those kids from birth are just, it comes with the understanding that they're going to be football players. And they win because they're the Feral Steelers or the or Aliquippa. That's why they win. And I, I do believe that the team that expects to win will win more often than not. But I'm going to go with this to Joe Bond because I think he can speak to this. That passion that you're speaking to that, you know, we're talking about, that's from a fan's perspective. I mean, do you think that Josh Allen, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I know that they did that wonderful thing for his grandmother and, you know, he embraced the community and blah, 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 and, and all that warm and fuzzy stuff. But I mean, do you think, do you think the guy that works for FedEx is like, oh, I love FedEx forever and ever and ever. Oh, UPS is going to pay me twice as much FedEx who? I mean, we get caught up in the emotion and the, the pageantry of being a fan Joe Bond, I think sometimes you've got to remind these people that that's their job. And do they love their city? Sure. Do you yeah. love your job? Sure. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you want to get a new one. So I, I just think that that whole, that whole notion of, you know, we are the Browns, I, I don't know. I don't know if that resonates with the players. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you'd be on an NFL roster if you had that mindset. I think that is, that is sort of limited to the fans and, I, I think that narrative spills over to the team, which is not the case. But I don't know. I've never been uh, on an NFL roster, but I can't imagine that they think, "Oh, here we go again. We're the Browns." Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they believe or or even see it that way. Um, as a former player myself, you know, when you step foot in a locker room, no matter what team you are on, you know, your sole expectation is to go out there and win games and win a championship. And you know, that's everybody's goal from day one entering training camp is we're going out here to compete to go win a championship um but you know the loyal fan bases like the browns the bills and and all of these teams that we that we cover the Steelers. you know when you have loyal fan bases the fans are are far more passionate and um and they're they're into it a lot more than the than uh than say the the normal people the fans are are really into it but you know, as a player, you don't you can't get yourself caught up in what the fans believe, um, because in sports, you have to be able to, you know, put that part of the game aside and be able to focus on what's going on on the field. Now, yes, the, the same signs are happening for the Buffalo Bills that were happening back in the 90s where they had really good teams, really good players. You know, they went to Super Bowls, but they lost a lot. Um, and they're they're kind of dealing with that now. They have really good players a really good team. They got everything in order, but they, they can't find a way to get it done. I think they're, they're, they're lacking an identity of being a physical football team to go out there and win games because they refuse to run the football. They refuse to, to, to do the, the right things in the trenches to be physical enough to play against teams that are just going to impose their will on you. And if you can't match that physicality, then your team, no matter how good or how bad you are, you're just going to get steamrolled and teams are, are like the Patriots just did them 
a few weeks uh, about about a week ago when they just threw the ball three times and ran the ball every every other play. Well, Buffalo's got to win Sunday. All these teams have to win Sunday and Monday and whenever the heck they're playing. Who knows about COVID cases? Let's make our picks. Let's start with Buffalo. I'm going to start with this one, guys. I so badly want to pick Carolina. This game to me has the feel of a Jacksonville Buffalo game. Low scoring, not a lot of offense. Buffalo still can't run the football. I'm going to take the Bills, but guys, I think this is a two or three point game. I don't think it's a blowout. What say the both of you? I'm going to take the Bills and treat them like the Chiefs. Because remember, the Chiefs weren't very good for a while, but you know they had all the talent. At some point, they got to figure it out. I'm just going to ride the Bills until either they prove me right or I run out of games. I'm going to I'm going to take the Bills in this game as well because Cam Newton is the quarterback of the other team, and I just don't think that right now Cam is mentally in a space or even physically in a space where he can go out there and get it done against the Bills offense. I think the Bills offense uh, puts up good numbers, a good enough amount of numbers to go out there and win the game, at least by a touchdown. All right, so we all got the Bills in this one. Again, Buffalo, they need a win. They need one bad. And another team that needs a win, too, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to start with you on this, Jovan. Uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee, it seems like every game at Heinz Field this year has come down to the final play, including two weeks ago. Who do you like, Titans or Steelers? Well, I mean, it's a tough game to pick just because, you know, the guys that are be that will be on the field, depending on how the well the Steelers offenses are are uh, able to come out and play for sixty minutes. If the Steelers offense can come out and play for sixty minutes, I think I do like the Steelers in a very close game. But my I got a gut feeling that they're not going to do it for sixty minutes. So I'm going to take the Titans in a close one. I think the Titans win about twenty four twenty one. You know my my thing with the with the Steelers and, and their issue has been the ability to, to hold up uh, against the run. And, you know, obviously Derrick Henry is not, not there, but that mentality, that mindset, that DNA, uh, that makeup, you know, they've got a lot of injuries. I, I just, I, I question, you know, I question the, uh, the D line uh, and how do they hold up for the Steelers? So I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, it's, I mean, it's basically to pick them at the line I'm looking at. So, you know, basically the, 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 the Titans are three-point favorites because they're giving up the the, the three at home. Uh, again, I, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if they've got it up front. They've had some they've had some improvement uh, along that defensive line, but I don't know if they're they're built right now quite yet to hold up against the Titans. Call me crazy, but for some reason, and this might be this might be foolish optimism. I think Najee Harris is going to have his best game of his young career so far. Uh, the Titans run defense is abysmal. We've seen that they, they cannot stop the run, it, but basically the only, the game that Buffalo ran the ball well was against Tennessee. They also ran it somewhat well against Houston as well. I think Najee Harris, again, I've always said the key for victory for Pittsburgh, Najee Harris has to carry the ball 20 or more times. They're five and zero when he does, and they're zero and five when they, he doesn't. I'm going to take Pittsburgh close. Um, I think the Steelers are going to win out at home for the rest of the season. I don't think they're a playoff team, 
But again, something about the offense is somewhat starting to click for me. It's too late. I agree. But when Najee Harris carries the ball, Ben doesn't have to do as much and they win games. I'm going to take Pittsburgh 24-21. I think the Steelers survive another week. The Yinzers' foolish optimism lives on through week 16 until they get hammered at Arrowhead by 25 to Kansas City. Okay, finally, Browns Raiders on Monday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Tough game to pick, guys, but I'll start with you, Joe, on this. Browns Raiders, who are you taking? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the the silence is deafening. What is the? Uh, I mean, that's the thing is that I, who who's playing? Who's the quarterback? Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if if Mullins is the quarterback, uh, not not the, the not the Browns, but you know, the, there's there's something weird. You know, I like I, I read somewhere that maybe. You know, maybe they were going to sit Carr and let Mariota have a run at it. I mean, the Raiders are right in the middle. Like, what are they doing? Like, I don't, I don't understand uh, what the notion – but the, the Raiders are, you know, as good as they were at the beginning of the year, are taking on the same dysfunction uh, that they have historically. But, you know, I don't think I can answer that question. You know, maybe maybe I'll talk to you on Monday and, uh, and tell you what I think because we do not have an answer that, you know, you could give an educated guess right now. And I'd be willing to bet that there's not a casino on planet Earth that's taking action on that game right now because nobody knows. Nope, but Jovan Johnson's pulling the slot machine. Jovan, your pick? I'm going to have to say, given uh, the history of the Browns and the, the collapses that they've had over the last few weeks and with all the COVID cases and not being able to go out and compete and and. Um, and get it done in practice so that you can be prepared to play in a game. I'm going to take the Raiders in a close game just because I think they will play Derek Carr. I think they will uh, go out there and try to win this game because they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, I don't see why they would sit Carr and, and play Mariota, but you know that could be just a, a game that they're trying to play, a mind game that they're playing with the, with the Browns and their fan base um, to make them think that Mariota is going to play. But in all honesty, I think the Raiders will win this game. And I don't think that they, um, the Browns, because of their inability to get practice time in and build some sort of chemistry that they can even hold up. Yeah, we got to roll. So I'm going to pick this quick. I'm not worried about COVID cases. Raiders are going to win. They're simply a better road team than Cleveland as a home team. All right, guys, back next week with more of the critical eye. It's going to be a fun Sunday turn Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football. Rest up. Busy week ahead next week. We'll see you next time with the critical eye.